1962, when the bomb was dropped on Los Angeles, my parents were in our fallout shelter. That's where I was born. We only survived because it's a huge shelter, as far as fallout shelters go. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to another episode of the Does It Hold Up podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Emily. And we have a special guest with us this week. She's coming and visiting us all the way from the It's Movie Night podcast that uh, she's going to tell you all about. Please welcome our friend, Sam. Hello, I am Sam. And yes, um, I am from the It's Movie Night podcast. I am on that podcast with my husband, Maddie, and our two little girls that are currently seven and five, Zosha and Amelia. They saw Maddie and I get podcast equipment for another project that we were working on and we're like, hey, I want to do that. So we're like, all right, sure, let's practice. And a family tradition that we have is every weekend, usually Friday, but sometimes life gets in the way. Every Friday we have movie night. So we started turning our movie night tradition into a podcast review as well for other kids and parents to know, hey, is this age appropriate for my kid or more so will my kid pay attention to this movie (laughs) at this age more than anything? So it's useful for parents and kids. It's fun. I feel like that's a generational thing. Kids like to watch and listen to other kids do things versus when we were younger. So Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Going well, with the times. My The <laughs> thing I'm most jealous about your guys' podcast is not only that you guys get to do it with your family, but just the idea of having a movie night once per week is like just to find that time. Like I try. I try to have a movie night every week and I just, it's not possible. I don't even have kids. I mean, once you work it into your schedule, it's easy because I mean, it's just like, dance night or swimming night or girl scout night we're like it's movie night so we make sure we have our snacks we eat dinner by a certain time like it's an event in this house so your guys's newest episode was the sandlot yes for to kick off the summer yeah the 1990 classic 1990 something i don't remember the year but one of my favorite things in it was you guys were talking about like what's something you would like to continue doing Mm -hmm. as you get older because they continue doing baseball and one of your girls zoja was just like I want to continue movie night. Yep. I was like, damn, what an impact that had on your family that this is something she loves so much. She wants to just continue doing it. So I haven't even posted it yet, but um, during the last week of school, they sent home some of their writing and one of the, I guess, literature lessons, if you will, of first grade was asking questions like, what's a family tradition you have? And she wrote a sentence about movie night. And I was like, oh. It was so heartwarming. And I was like, this is something that I will definitely share on our social media page because it's like, this is why we do what we do. It's it's absolutely amazing. So listeners out there, if you guys haven't yet, go follow It's Movie Night. Anywhere podcasts are available. They also have an Instagram and stuff that Sam will give you the links to later or their their titles but yeah go follow go listen their episodes are short they're like 20 minutes and they're absolutely fantastic but this week she is joining us to talk about what movie emily blast from the past starring who brendan fraser fraser okay let's just this let's get this out of the way real quick because i know everybody in the world gets his name wrong his name is not brendan fraser he is not a tv show character his name is not (laughs) fraser it is fraser it's an S. I get it. I know I will say it wrong at least once during I'm guilty of it. I'm 100% guilty of saying Frazier, but... Yeah, everybody is, but, you know, we're just going to put it out there. We're going to try our best to say his name correctly. 
Which I get it, man. Everybody gets my last name wrong. Come on. Nobody knows your last name. Exactly. I couldn't even I'm try your last name. <laughs> we just call you Sam Crow. That's about it. <laughs> I am Sam K. That's it. That's all you need to know. Special Agent K. Here we go. <laughs> all right. So we are talking about Blast from the Past. This is a movie from 1999. Starring sure. Brendan Fraser and Alicia Silverstone. All about a man who named Adam, who grew up in a bomb shelter yep. basically he calls it a fallout shelter though which is completely different very different very different that his parents built back during like the cold war when they thought everything was going on so he's a 35 year old man who's never been a part of the world yep yeah and now he needs to venture out of their fallout shelter to get supplies and he thinks the world has been destroyed and it's complete chaos out there and filled with mutants yep and he meets a young woman played by alicia silverstone crazily called eve Ooh. And, it was meant to be. Yeah, okay. And she helps him gather all these supplies and they develop a little relationship. It's a very short movie. I remember. It is. It's it's short and sweet. It went a lot faster than I remember. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. I like put it on and then all of a sudden I was like, damn, it's over. What happened? <laughs> Where, where'd the movie part go? So I think the first time, because I didn't see this in theaters, I don't really remember the first time I saw it, but I think the first time I ever saw this movie was like on TBS or TNT, like late night it was just on and i was like i like brendan fraser and it was probably like 2003 so years after it came out i was like let's check this movie out and i absolutely loved it i was like this is such a cool story and he's so good do you remember the first time you saw this movie or i was about eight years old it was not in theaters but it was when it came out on blockbuster so within a year after it came out (laughs) during those times so yeah i had to have been about eight years old i enjoyed the quirkiness of being stuck in time in this Mm. crazy huge fallout shelter i was gonna call it a bomb shelter but (laughs) it's it's just it's it's that sweet energy that adam has and how out of place but refreshing he was to the real world that made me love this movie as a kid yeah it made me want to be like i wish i grew up in a fallout shelter and i had like this brand new eyes to this world and just found everything so remarkable which we'll get into because there there are bittersweet things about that i didn't grow up super jaded and all this emily do you remember the first time you saw this movie yes Three days ago. Woo! (laughs) I know. That's my favorite part of this whole podcast is when I say, Emily, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? And you say, yes, for this podcast. Yeah. It's never too late, I didn't even know this movie existed, honestly. Which is a shame because you're a big Fraser fan. Yeah. I've loved every single movie that I've seen him in. Well, for the most part. But... (laughs) We're talking about you, whale. Yeah, that's exactly the one that I was thinking of. (laughs) He's good in it, though. The whale? He is wonderful in it. It's just not a great movie. Correct. I I love him. I've always loved him. I just never knew this movie existed. Probably because it came out when I was, like, five. Yeah. Yeah, it came out the year you would have been six. Crazy. Then do you remember the first Fraser movie that you saw? Uh, It's either The Mummy or... George of the Jungle, and I'm leaning probably more towards George of the Jungle. I know mine was George of the Jungle for sure. Mine was Encino Man. Was because the you're first. old. <laughs> Shut up, Sam. <laughs> it is. I'm old. I'm older than both y'all. Older. Yes. Yeah, I remember I saw Encino Man. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. It wasn't great, but he was excellent in it. And then I saw George of the Jungle in 1997, and I was like, huh, he's a lot of fun. And then I saw The Mummy. I was like, damn, he's so good. But then I saw this, and I was like, oh, he can do like all of it. And then all of a sudden, he just like disappeared from Hollywood. And I was like, dude, yeah. what's up? He he was just such a huge part of like 90s, early 2000s childhood, mm-hmm. which right about where Emily and I hit. So between mm-hmm. The Mummy, even Airheads, oh, Journey Airheads. to the Center of the Earth, but like Bedazzled, 
probably not appropriate for me at that age, <laughs> but I loved the movie Bedazzled. A lot of those jokes went over my head, but it oh, was yeah. still hilarious to see him go mm. into all those different worlds for that as well. His acting was on full display in that movie because he had to play like 12 yes. different characters and they were all great. And still be that base character yes. underneath all those other characters. And Elizabeth like, Hurley's just sexy as hell. She is. Oh, <laughs> She's... God. I had the best. Yeah. Between Bedazzled and Austin Powers' International yes. Man of Mystery, Beautiful. I was like, oh, God. Ugh. Love her. <laughs> Awakening up. there for you. So, Blast from the Past. Do you guys want to know how well it did in theaters? Let's hear it. Okay. Mm. So, this had a movie. This this had a movie. This was a movie <laughs> that had a budget of about $35 million. Domestically, it only took in $26,613,620. could not even make its budget back. Dang. Mm. Yeah. It didn't have a worldwide distribution, so that was its grand total. Okay. Adjusted for inflation is about $48 million. Okay. In 1999, it ranked anywhere, Sam, I'm going to ask you this time, anywhere from 70 to 90. Where do you think it ranked? 70 to 90. I'm going to go 83. Ooh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It was actually 78. Okay. It was just below Mysteries of Egypt, which was a documentary. I'll say, nope. Yep. And then right above Bug's Life. Oh, I'll say Bug's Life's a good time. Oh, wait. Love Bug's Life. Bug's Life was released in 1998. This was only its 1999 gross. Any money it made that year. That makes much more (laughs) sense. Because otherwise I'm like, hold up. Yeah, isn't that just sad? (laughs) Not okay. But I realize there's a reason for it. So Fraser was somebody that people knew. But he wasn't a star yet. He had been in some good movies. People liked him, but he wasn't a star. This Until came out the before. Mummy. I was going to say this came out before The Mummy. I think Three they came months. out the same year. They yeah. Did. See? Three months before The Mummy came out, this movie hit. If this movie would have came out in the year 2000 or even late 99, this movie easily makes $100 million. It would have made yeah. more just because of him being in it. Correct. Mm-hmm. People would have been like, oh, it's the dude from The Mummy. We definitely got to yep. see that movie. So I think this movie just hit at the wrong time, and I bet the studios are kicking themselves over it. Oh, yeah. No they're doubt. like, if we would have just saved it for even four months. Yeah. Even if they released it a month after The Mummy came right. out, it would have done, <laughs> it would've it would've done, done numbers. Better. They yeah. would have at least made their money back Absolutely. if they waited. <laughs> and that's what's crazy of like release schedule can mean everything. In 2022, with that adjusted 48 million, Sam, it's in between 30 and 40. Where do you think it lied? Mm, in between 30 and 40. 34? Yeah. 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 Dang. You're right on. 34. Right. Lucky guess. Okay. All right. 34. <laughs> 34. Uh, number 33 was the new Jackass Forever movie, okay. which if you haven't seen, it's, it's fantastic. Probably my favorite Jackass movie. And 35 right above Violent Night. Ooh, okay. I like Which that was an one. excellent movie I thought that as well. Was hysterical. That's a yeah. great three three count right there in the thirties. Yeah. Jackass, mm-hmm. this movie, and then Violent Night. That's that's a nice number. It is. Yeah. Now, what did the uh, critics have to say about it when it came out? When it came out, the cinema score was a B. So, Ooh. what about Ebert? Sam, what do you think he gave it? One and a half. No. He gave it three stars. Three stars? Three stars. Out of three stars? Yeah. Spider-Man wow. got two and a half. Okay. I got to hear the reasoning. I got to right. know. The quote I grabbed from him was, this movie is funny and entertaining in all the usual ways. Yes. But I was grateful that it tried for more, that it was actually about something, that it had an original premise, and that it used satire and irony and had sly undercurrents. That's oh, his entire reasoning. Okay. Damn, that's really good, though. Yeah. That, like, makes perfect sense. So we do Ebert reviews pretty much every week, as long as we're doing a movie in which he was alive to review it. Mm-hmm. I would love if he would have done a show like ours, a does it hold up type thing, where he would have revisited movies and seen what they were like 10 years later, 
and if his star rating would change. Yeah. Because I know he's After like... After he had time for it to simmer. Yeah. Because <laughs> he always releases his stuff, like most critics, immediately. It's like, here's my initial reaction. And it's like, what about like even a year later? What does it feel like then? Well, we also get other places that you can talk to other people and see, oh, you have a t- uh, an idea on a movie that I didn't even think about. So it could either make it better or worse. Absolutely. Based on thoughts other people had about the movie. So speaking of thoughts other people had, Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, the critics had it at a 58%. Okay. And right around there, audiences agreed with around a 56%. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like it's right, but also wrong. Yeah. I'd say it's fair. Yeah. Like, I want it to be higher, but also, like, I completely understand it. Mm-hmm. It's weird. This movie had the potential to yes. be better than that 50 The most harmful mark. word yeah. in history. Potential. <laughs> he hates that potential. word. Hate that word. All right. You guys ready to talk about this movie? Yes. I am. Okay. So first, let's talk about the cast, because the cast in this movie is obviously spectacular. We have new Oscar winner, Brendan Fraser, leading it as Adam. Then we have Alicia Silverstone, who was like the 90s girl. She was coming yes. off Clueless, which was one of the biggest movies of all time. Plays Eve. Adam's parents are also yes. Oscar winning actresses or actors and actresses. <laughs> so yeah, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Uh, oh my so God. Good. He is perfect in this role. As Calvin, and he's great. Sissy Spacek, yep. who came on and like blew everybody away back in Carrie, way back in the day, plays his mom, Helen. Then we have David Foley as the gay best friend. But then we also get like an appearance from Nathan Fillion in this yes. movie. And that I was, shocked the hell out of me because I forgot he was in it. I gasped like, this isn't so James Gunn. What is this? Yeah, what's happening? <laughs> it was just great. And that's just those five people, that great cast. Yeah. I don't think you could do better. I don't honestly think you could either. It had either. a lot of charisma. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. All right. So here's the thing. We start back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Cold War's happening. Nobody knows what's going on. And Calvin and Helen are throwing a party when they hear that the bombs have been launched from Russia. So they go down to their fallout shelter and they lock the doors and a damn airplane crashes in their backyard and they feel those vibrations. And so they'll, they will never come up again. They have all their supplies. They have everything. It automatically locks. Yeah. I believe he said for 31 years. Well, he can they had it 35 years, Sorry, 35 years. He can override it. He just doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's so ironic that this plane happens to crash when they're watching a bomb scare yes. yeah 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 i was like that-, that is the most ridiculous part of the premise is like it's understandable but also so far-fetched that you have to immediately jump into it and be like ah uh, since suspension of disbelief yes. okay <laughs> but that's literally so if this is the beginning of the movie this is where the, i get kind of taken out of the movie of just the possibilities of that happening are so mind-boggling that the rest of it i'm just like i can't get over the fact that you guys went down there thinking about was coming and of all the damn places this plane could fall your backyard and exactly your backyard it wasn't the neighbor's backyard and you just felt a slight vibration it was right above your fallout shelter and plummeted into basically half your house yeah well, my question is- And then is, nobody worries about where they went. The cops are like, oh, they must have just been burned up. It's over. Yes. Don't look yeah, for them. Yeah, they don't have any other family. But my question is, why didn't the pilot try and ditch it somewhere else? Like, he was just like, yep, I'm out. I'm going to go right into this neighborhood. Yeah. So that, I'll bring it up early because I have more than one. But that was one of my nits with this movie yeah. was the bomb shelter. Yep. Because that whole thing seems ludicrous for a guy to make and no one goes looking. Like, I know he tries to cover it up and say, oh, I hired people from out of state to not b- talk about it. But 
anybody who works in any job industry talks about the weird things that Absolutely. they do. Well, so you think at one point, you know, it would be on the news back in the day, like, hey, there was this major plane crash in this thing. And you think at least one of those people would be like, hey, I built a really gigantic fallout shelter underneath that, that house. exact house. Hmm. Until you have things like, and I know this was a lot, a lot longer ago, but like H.H. Holmes, how he did multiple different contractors and no one had the exact full plans. So he could have had them for such a tiny amount that they could have been like, they, there's no way they would have survived in there. The or way I think they don't about know it. what it's for because he would always lie to them. So yeah. it's like no one actually knows the expanse that was down there. Yeah. That's what always bothers me about Batman, though. It's like he didn't build that car by himself. He didn't build this whole cave. How does nobody <laughs> figure out who the hell this guy is? Where did the checks come from? He just, I, everybody has to find a Lucius Fox. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he had a Lucius Fox. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly... They do such a good job in the opening bit of kind of introducing the fact that this guy's kind of like wackadoo. He's definitely out there. Oh, with yeah, his like thoughts. the guests at the party. Every era. single one is just kind of like whispering about it. So they kind of introduce you to the fact that he's, he's crazy. paranoid. Yeah, he's crazy. But then we get a great, I don't want to call it a montage, but I'll call it an, ex- an extended montage mm-hmm. of her having a kid and then him growing up. And we see all these little bits and pieces of his birthday and him roller skating and learning about baseball and all this cool stuff. I could have used more of this. I, I think they kind of brushed so past it a little too fast. I needed that kid growing up more. Yeah. More hard points to hit. Yeah, of, he uh, became a man very quickly. Very. And it was like, I get that. We want to get to the bulk of the story, but give me give me more. I thought that was a really cool, interesting. That's almost a cooler premise for me than him going to the surface is him learning to live in this fallout shelter. This could honestly have been the two separate movies that we talk about a lot of times where movies could be separated out. It could definitely be two separate movies. One is living in this bomb shelter because you have the interesting thing of Calvin being totally okay for this lifestyle. But then Helen, I think that's yeah, Helen, Helen slowly going crazy and that's one of the things that went over my head as a kid was the mom helen's complete alcoholism basically in this movie that when you're little you don't get and then you watch it as an adult and it's like this woman is miserable she's She's losing and her husband is just so oblivious yes blatantly oblivious to the situation yeah he's like how could you not be happy it's just like our house and she's like no it is not kelvin that those are not this is not our backyard we see him absolutely he obviously adores his parents but at some point he must understand as an adult a very smart adult that his mother's miserable and his father's a freaking lunatic mm-hmm. what happens then like he seems yeah. to play it off after really well. they come out after he goes out into the real world and he really gets to see what life should be like yeah. yeah, I think he's going to have some hard things to look back on. But other than that, he thinks that's just normal. Absolutely. Everyone thinks their family is normal until you go out and you realize, oh, yeah, no, no that, that's not right. Yep. And <laughs> so then... one of my uh, favorite parts of this movie, too, is the fact that their fallout shelter is built below a bar. And the bar we get to see change throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. It starts as like a malt shop. I was going to say, yeah, it starts as a milkshake Mom's. shop. It's very, yes. <laughs> and I love it. And then it goes to like... Uh, just like a chill bar and it doesn't go into like the 70s like yeah like disco and stuff like that and then it goes into like a weird metal hangout bar of like ah screaming and then it just becomes dilapidated but the same guy has been there the whole time Mm -hmm. yeah the son grows up to own it from his mom and i love the fact that that is where their elevator comes up because his interactions and him starting a church about this people these people coming up from the ground Mm mm-hmm one of the funniest aspects of this whole movie for me. Are I you the son? Or <laughs> the father? Don't touch my elevator. 
It's great. It's great. I like Although, how he then makes w- the sign, don't touch with the elevator. Yes. <laughs> like the mantra of yeah. the church that he makes. Although I'm actually, this is a nit for me, but oh, he comes up in his, you know, the the radiation suit. The hazmat suit. Yeah. yeah. But he never like looks at the Geiger counter before taking the helmet off. Like he just takes that off and he just walks outside normal. Yeah. But we don't get the shot of like the Geiger. Him yeah. actually looking at it be like, oh, okay, this is okay. This movie's only like an hour 37 or something like that. It's very short. I think they kind of just cut too much. They needed to add little moments in to keep it going. But I do. I love that absolute bar and I love his first visit up. So the locks open it's been 35 years that's what they were set for they open and he's like we have to be careful because i'm a lunatic and i don't actually want to leave so he goes up he runs into the guy who owns the bar with his hazmat suit on and then he just ventures out into the world and he gets a bunch of weird interactions with Mm -hmm. like a hooker okay this is like a pg-13 movie and we get this transvestite hooker offering him services yeah how did this get past censors and allow this my my little brain didn't get it when I was a kid. I, say, I get yeah. it now. It's another thing that went right over my head as a kid. You know, the nineties, man. They were they were a different time. <laughs> they were definitely a different time. But I absolutely love his first visit up. I yeah. think it's fun. I think he's got the guy puking because all of his fears are realized, but not in the way that he thought they would be. Mm-hmm. Nobody's an actual mutant. There's no radiation. There's no anything. But coming across a man who's a woman who says, I can be whatever you want me to be. So he thinks she has the ability to change. Yeah, the ability to change this dude throwing up because he's completely out of it because he's drunk. But he thinks it's radiation poisoning. The guy driving around with like showing a gun off. Yeah. So like he thinks it's complete chaos. And I love that. What a great setup for the dad to want to stay in the fallout shelter. Mm -hmm. Because we all know that's the world that we just live in. But he doesn't. This is all new to him. He expected that. You know, Jensen's almost style future of it the being Jensen, perfect. The Jensen? The Jetsons. Jet- Jetsons. Jetsons? I always said Jensen's and I well, never you were always it. wrong. <laughs> yeah. But the Jetsons, like he expected a glorious future coming from the idyllic world that he came from. I was going to oh, yeah. say coming from the all green lawn 50s and then popping back up to that. Well, early <laughs> 60s, which is still technically the 50s lifestyle. But yeah, yeah. pop back up to a seedy neighborhood. Did you say the 60s? You mean the 90s? No, you know, they went down. Your... He went down. Like, so he, they, I think they went down in, what is it, 63? Yeah. But it's still like that 50s era style of living, yes. if you will. Yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah, and then to, gotcha. yeah. And, and then, then to pop up in the 90s. Where in a it's... seedy area of the 90s. Yeah. It's like, what yeah. is going on here? But Walken plays this part perfectly because mm-hmm. he looks like a man out of time, lost and scared by everything. He and plays then, a great crazy man in yeah. general. I mean, oh my he, god. Yes. Deer I have Hunter. it written down that he crushed the brilliant awkward dude who would totally survive in a fallout shelter. Yeah. So I do like the little whisper. Real quick, going back to the beginning of the movie, you were talking about how everybody was whispering about him. Mm-hmm. I like the, the whisper setup of how this dude had a job, he invented something, and then just lived off that. And it explains all the money we're going to see later in the movie. The stocks, the baseball cards, the money, everything. Mm-hmm. And I like that. These small details in this movie, like the guy throwing up and stuff, they all work so well in this movie. So well. I just wish there was a better bulk story around it. So he goes back down to the fallout shelter and is like, oh my God, the world's crazy. And the mom's like, but I want to go. Can we just just go? It's fine. I'll live there. I don't care. You just got to get out of here. Anything's better than this. And he's like, no, another couple of months at least. We got to stay down here and then we'll try again. But they're out of supplies. So somebody's got to go up. The dad's going to go up, but the dad has a heart attack, basically, and can't. So Adam needs to be the one to go. First time he's ever going to see the outside world. He's given money, baseball cards, stocks. 
whatever. And he has to go get supplies that's going to last these three people months. But one other thing, a wife. He's going to find a wife while he's up there. And that's where Alicia Silverstone's character comes in. So Adam goes up and he goes shopping and he realizes, oh my God, just the meat that they need is like 500 bucks. And he's only got 3000 for everything. Mm -hmm. So he has to sell a baseball card. So somehow he finds a baseball card shop. Okay, so here's my first nitpick. This dude has never been to the surface. How does he find anything? By wandering. How does he, he know lost. what to look But how does he know what to look for? Like, how did he know to walk into that place to sell his baseball card? Because I know it he says it, it, on the says sign. it in the window, but yeah. how did he find that place? How did he get lucky enough that the day he needs to sell a baseball card, he finds a place to sell a baseball card to? Because it's a movie. I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate that too, because I think that way as well. But in this particular instance like emily had said he's wandering it is pure luck that he's like hey baseball cards that's what i have let me come on in here yeah. it's really lovely magic a lot in yeah. this movie yeah he does yeah he does and it's annoying as hell sometimes where i'm just like come on dude because he's gonna sell all of his cards for only like five hundred dollars because he doesn't know yeah he's yeah. he has no idea naive very and naive and then he's and lucky that naive. alicia silverstone's eve is there who's like no ah, don't do that no. and she loses her job i'm sorry who is going to do that. Who? Someone who sees someone gonna, about to get that ripped off and he definitely <sighs> seems naive enough. Yeah, Plus but then, she probably hated her job anyway. I was say, yes. she seemed like she already had the attitude like she was packing up her stuff to leave and quit regardless. Yeah. Is, is the vibe I was getting. Yeah, but my problem is they set her up like great in this moment of like she protects him, but then all she does is play a crazy bitch the rest of the movie. Yes. I mean, literally in the next scene because she drives him to his hotel. Yeah. And she's just all over the place. I literally wrote it as a knit chick can't drive. Well, she can't drive for sure. She sucks. But just her character. She's a bitch. She treats Adam terribly. She only does stuff for money. But it's like, then why did you help him at the baseball card? Why did we set you up to have a kind heart? But then you're all about the money and just being a jerk the rest of the movie. I don't necessarily think she's all about the money. I think she's just been burned too many times. And but that's she... not the point. The point is they set her up with a kind heart and then they play it this other I mean, way the rest of the time. It she does have the kind heart because she gets the card after driving him and then she comes back and is like, I can't take this. Yes. And that's what makes her problematic because I have this note as well that yes, they, she starts off being kind and then becomes a complete bitch because she brings back the card like mm -hmm. you said the next morning she goes back to the holiday inn she finds adam and she says here i can't take this from you so i'm like oh okay she's sweet you know she she didn't want to take advantage of him the way that that guy was going to take advantage even though she did do him a favor she still felt bad about it that it was too much money but yes from there on out she just keeps rejecting him and rejecting him and rejecting them, even though you can tell that Adam has feelings for her. And she just doesn't even look towards him until other women start to show him mm -hmm. attention. And then all of a sudden she likes him. It's like, bitch, you're making a bad name for women right now. <laughs> yeah. You I either like the man or you don't. I'm going to be the devil, devil's, devil's advocate, advocate, but I actually saw it as in she'd been hurt too many times and didn't want to let him in, Wrong. thought she was thought she probably would have feelings for this dude and was just like, I'm going to keep him at an arm's length because okay. no, he's kind of creepy. Okay. Because he is. Listen, here's my next note. I have two things to say right now. One, there's a line late in the movie where she says, well, at least I fell for him before I found out he was rich. No, you didn't, bitch. I mean, you did. literally saw him with all of these baseball cards worth thousands and thousands of dollars. You knew 
knew he had something going on. Stop pretending like you're freaking innocent. I hate that line. I hate that line so much. Number two, you were saying, oh, she falls for him later after women want him. Why do any women want him? He acts like he's 10, like the world is brand new to him. And I understand that's like endearing, but not in the way that I need to throw him in bed and have sex with him. <laughs> no, it's more of a, aw, you're a very nice person. I want to pet that's... him like a puppy. And yes, that nor- because you don't always so get innocent. that from a dude. And that is true, but... But then why is he? Why is it a turn on? Yeah, it's weird. Like he can dance. So the two women he dances with at the club, I completely understand because dancing is sexy. But like she's with him. She sees the way he acts to things, the way he looks at the ocean, the sky, the everything. And she's still like, damn, I want to bone that man later no you she, don't i don't know that she ever has that thought at least not at the beginning she's just like she, you can fall for a person and not immediately want to bone them but over time he, he doesn't get better he still acts like a 12 year old boy it should not be a turn on and it's one of the biggest problems i have with this movie her character in general almost ruins this movie for me i agree i think eve is the worst part about this movie correct i will say she's the worst but I'm not as upset with her as you guys are because I see it in a different light. That's fair. So they go through and she's going to help him gather all of the supplies that he needs, get storage units, sell his baseball cards, all this stuff. She is just gotten out of a relationship with Nathan Fillion's character. So she's a little jaded and she introduces uh, Adam to her best friend. Played by David Foley. Troy. Troy. I absolutely adore Troy. Yes. He is one of my favorite parts of this movie. What do you guys feel about Troy? I love him so much. I need a Troy in my life. I feel like everybody needs a Troy. Sam, do you wish you had a Troy in your life? I do. I love Troy. He's he's definitely the extra comedic relief to this movie outside of Adam. And I love that Adam does not understand that Troy is gay. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand that term at all. And he's like, oh, good for you. It's like happy. In, yes. In his mind, it still means happy. Yeah. So he doesn't understand it at all. And it's just... I love that that is the exact moment that they realize that he actually is from this bomb the fallout shelter is that he says i'm glad you were always happy and it clicks at the end of the movie yes yes. yeah i love troy though i love everything he builds i love the fact that he learns from adam as well where he is your typical gay best friend he's catty he's kind of mean but like in a funny way he's that stereotypical 1990s gay character and he calls eve out on her shit yeah Mm -hmm. which is what you need yes but he doesn't treat people like the way you probably should treat people until he gets with Adam. And then Adam opens the door and lets Eve go in first and all this stuff. And he's explaining it to Troy like, you should always do this, blah, blah, blah. And then we see Troy do stuff later, like open the door for Eve, hold it for her to go in first. And we can tell that they've connected. And it's one of my favorite parts of this whole movie because we don't see it. They don't have to blatantly shove it in our face, but there's these little subtle details of how close they've become. Yeah. And I love, so they're, they've been collecting stuff and then Adam tells her, Hey, I need a wife. Can you find me a wife in the two weeks before I go back down to my fallout shelter that he hasn't told anybody about yet? And she's like, yeah, I guess we'll go to the club. I can get you laid, blah, blah, blah. One of my favorite scenes in this whole movie is at the club. Dancing scene, I think, kills the momentum of the movie because it's a little too long. Yeah, it is long. Where I'm like, I get it. He dances. Move on. But right after, luckily, they get a great moment where she's like getting jealous and she needs Troy to go to the bathroom. And she's like, go to the bathroom. He's like, but what, right here? I don't know. You're just being so demanding. I thought I'd ask. (laughs) And she calls Adam over and as they're passing, he's like, I have to go to the bathroom, I guess. And I'm like, I love that. That is like the perfect caddy best friend line. Mm -hmm. Passive aggressive. I love it. And I love it. And I'm just like, I needed more Troy in this movie. Yeah. 
But this is the moment where he's danced with this girl, with these two girls. He has whispered French nothings into another woman's ear, Sophie, who apparently she has history with. Apparently. I'm confused It seemed like they knew each other at some point. So maybe they were involved with the same men at some point. Is that the the girl like Nathan Fillion left her for? Like, what is the backstory here? I don't think so. They don't explain it. But that's the only thing that I inferred from it is at some point they must have crossed paths with the same dude yeah yeah and that's one thing that bothers me though is like you were saying earlier sam way to show up for women or not show up like you meet this woman and you're immediately like i hate her because she's good looking and she gets men and it's like man why can't you you all just lift each other up and be friends why do you have to hate each other well that and then at that moment that's when she finally decides that oh i'm gonna like adam and try to be nice to him but yet still be mean to him at the same time yeah that's the point i'm like really come on <laughs> come on what are you doing here i hate that typical thing of like oh god they do that and i feel like a lot of movies too where it's like they sh- they show women not liking a guy until something horrible happens or and it's like come on you either like a person or you don't yeah <laughs> it yeah. doesn't just change but sometimes you need an external force to realize oh i am jealous okay i, I do like this guy emily question hmm. bechdel test movie passes or fails well fails there's no two women really talking to each other ever okay so <laughs> just checking i mean you can count troy as a woman they usually do with the gay best friend oh well i don't he tries but eve don't eve don't listen she, <laughs> just, she just does not listen you know like you could tell he tries but oh, yeah. yeah it's one thing this moment right here in the bar where she gets jealous was the moment i went goddamn this movie does not pass the bechdel test not even in the slightest it is actually probably a zero score on that test and then she goes and leaves with the other dude which is even worse she leaves with the other dude and adam leaves with the other women yeah it's awful awful i hate this bar scene it it unravels it unravels the story of my knit here is how do you find the two women that are actually going to know these types of dances they found him well i know but like seriously i mean they they happen to know how to dance they must hang out at the swing bar a lot wait wait wait. can i tell you so there used to be a ballroom that we would go dancing at a group of friend of mine when we were in high school and stuff uh, the Willowbrook. Willowbrook, that's Willowbrook what it was. Ballroom. was close. Yep. But yes, the Willowbrook Ballroom. We used to go there and it was just like hang out, have a drink, good times, blah, blah, blah. There were always people there who were ready to showcase the hard dancing they could do. No matter where you went, there's always somebody. I couldn't do it. They well, live yeah, for that moment. You can't dance for crap though. Yeah, You no. can't hold rhythm. I have to dance alone because I get off beat so, every third beat. It's a lot of movie scenes, though, when they just start dancing and you're like, you, how do you write it? There, there are people, especially in, in places like this particularly. With dancing. Yes, that is a swing bar. Oh, yeah. There are people there that live for it. It's like that same dude that hangs out at the actual bar every weekend. He's just waiting for that person to sit down next to him so he could tell his same story. <laughs> or the karaoke times, bar. Yeah. And there's that one professional wannabe singer yeah. who's just waiting to get up there. Or yeah. the roller skate rink. Yes. Yep. They're like, I'm a Skate backwards mm-hmm. and like do a dance and like oh god i hate those people they're everywhere <laughs> they are but this this whole bar scene kills me then they get back to her house he's left with the women her and troy are back at her house troy realized came in after her and she goes where's adam and he's like oh he left with other so people. that woman yeah. yeah yeah and she thinks it's the two women he danced with and she's like oh i'm so mad blah 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 and you know she's starting to get jealous real jealous here and then troy's like no 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 he left with sophie And I hate this scene. She screams and like paces back and forth while screaming. And it's like, this is not necessary. (laughs) I did not need nine years to bleed. We are now painting once again a very bad image for women here. And I don't appreciate it. We needed the backstory. 
to yes. why she doesn't why do like you Sophie? hate Sophie so much because yes. I it's very childish I, I mean probably even with the backstory it is going to still be childish but it would at least make a little bit more sense so this was the moment where she starts screaming like a child where I really got turned off by her because they start this movie with her being so cool. Yes. She's like, I know these baseball cards. I'm going to screw over my boss because forget that guy. And like they set up this whole thing of like she's a badass punk chick who jumps from jobs to job because she doesn't like working for the man. She sticks it to the man and she's going to help this guy and all this stuff. And then as the movie goes on, she becomes less and less of a person. And it's like, how did you guys start off so well and get to the point you're at now? And you're like, well, clearly men wrote this because they just don't understand things. No. And it was like, we went, we we did a 180 at some point and I don't (laughs) understand why. Yeah. It pisses me off. So she thinks, so she's going to go run and stop that. And I'm like, are you serious right now? Are you that jelly that you need to get in your car and drive to Sophie's house to stop them having sex? Chill. But as she's running to the car, who does she run? She gets in her car and who does, who knocks on the window? Adam, because he couldn't actually go through with it. And what reaction do we have? Not a rational one. No. That's for sure. She falls down and then yells at him because she scraped her knee. How Not dare. just like yells at him. Oh, she hurt her knee. And she'll <laughs> like, never, she'll always limp like, forever. It's like crazy screaming. Like it's just, yeah. I don't know. It's bad. And it's like when and he- this guy, this poor man, like <laughs> I understand you've been in a shelter for 35 years, but you can do better. It, there's a thing called intuition. And how are you not picking up? That this is just not a good person. Like, <laughs> you know enough from your parents and whatever black and white TV shows wait, that wait, wait, you wait, wait, have wait. seen. She reminds me a lot of his mom. She's got a little bit of crazy in her. She clearly likes to drink. She's got a lot of qualities like his mom. Yeah, but Helen's not mean. The only thing that's driving Helen crazy is being cooped up. Well, we, she's we've like never, stir crazy. We don't know if she's mean. We've only seen bits and pieces. But no, like she but yells at the, at the dad about she how she wants to go up. Nice. Um, hostess skills at the party at the sure. beginning. You could tell she's social. But that like was 30 was, years ago. Yeah, but she was happy with her life. But her result is uh, Helen became the way she is because she's trapped in the shelter with nobody but her husband I mean, and she her did son. yell at her husband enough to give him a heart attack. She's pretty mean. I don't know. Uh, I, I, her husband also is had... kook? Yeah, and also <laughs> messed up tremendously by trapping his family down there for, for sure. absolutely no reason. For sure. That's just my so opinion. So if I were Helen, I probably would have poisoned Calvin in his sleep at this point, but <laughs> you know you had the means to do it down there, so... <laughs> That's, yeah, they have a lot of stuff down there. But I'm just saying, there's little bits and pieces of her where I'm like, Oh, that's kind of the way Helen would talk to Calvin of like, I can't believe you did this and you can't just a little bit reminds me a little bit of his mom. I could see it. I could see it. But she's uh, I don't but know. A little bit meaner. Very mean. Yes. Yeah. It's more so, mean than snippy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we have like the cusp, like the beginning idea of his mom is in Eve. And I think that's what he's attracted to. At least that's how I rationalize it in my head, <laughs> because it makes zero sense why these two people are attracted to each yes, other. Agreed. But she scrapes her knee, as Emily so delicately pointed out earlier. Oh, my gosh. They go inside and it's like the tiniest little scrape ever. And she's whining like she broke her knee. This is where he tells her everything how he grew up in a fallout shelter what happened the fact that he's up here the fact that his parents are still down there i actually really like alicia silverstone in this moment because her slow realization of how crazy this story is is really great subtle acting Mm -hmm. because she doesn't freak out which is funny because her character's done nothing but freak out over big news this entire movie she finally gets this big news it seems like she's gonna be okay with it but you can see in her eyes and stuff that she's not and i love that moment 
And then we get a great moment later. She just thinks she he's insane. Yeah, but like doesn't like express it out. No. It's all internal. Which is weird that she swallows it. Yeah, because it's well, unlike her character. At that point, you're like, could he be dangerous? That's like, fair. We, we should probably get some help. That's why she calls on him. But yeah, the psychiatrist. It's like, okay, we need yeah. to be gentle about this. Let's uh, let's not poke the bear. So here's a scene that pisses me off. So he leaves thinking everything's cool. Yep. Next day, he finds his home because this entire movie, he's been lost. He doesn't know how to get home. Yes. But he drives past the adult bookstore and finally realizes where his home is so mm-hmm. he can go back. So he's running to tell Eve. He's got Troy with him. They get back to her house. She has two social workers there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He is a grown ass man. If he says no to these social workers, guess what they have to do? Leave. Yeah, he's not. Get the he's F not out. a danger to anyone. Well, it's not even he's not a danger to anyone. He's a grown ass man. He can make his own decisions. You can't call DF- DCFS on a 35 year old man. No. What were these people going to do? It just makes no sense yeah. whatsoever. Well, especially in the 90s. It's not like this was the 50s or 60s that if someone was talking crazy per se, like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Next style, that people would come in and commit you against your will. They don't really do that anymore in the 90s. You know, like you can call someone to be like, hey, they might need some help, but usually that's only suicidal that they're going to take you against their your Correct. will if you're mm-hmm. if you're not threatening other people or yourself yeah I would they're, they're not going to chase you through the neighborhood streets no. to to bring you into a, <laughs> a mental institution and i would say eve probably didn't think she was in danger so the call to these people makes little to no sense and it just bothers me. Yeah. It was weird that in her mind she was trying to rationalize well he needs help he's talking crazy and it's like it is one of my biggest issues with this movie is at this entire time, this entire time, Troy nor Eve questions a single thing about him. Yep. Like, you you see him, you, you see the way he acts around other people. Even the one bad word that he says in this movie, he says, oh, my star's a Negro. And he is just genuinely excited to see an African-American person because he has never seen one before. Correct. And he is just so innocent and, like, amazed by it. But like even like that doesn't throw you off all these little things, not knowing what gay is, the way he treats people, not knowing like, oh, what do you mean you have the, a computer? The way in your he house? dresses. The he way dresses he has- like he's from the fifties. So the only thing that kind of skirts that over is the fact that he says he's from Alaska and they're like, Oh well, Alaska, you just must be weird. Like but they must still, not be like, like back in time kind of thing. But how I dumb are you to think like, oh, you're from Alaska? You must be from the forties. Yeah, I mean Well, and then yeah, what do you mean you have a computer inside? Yeah. Like all these all these little things and I just like how do you not what do you mean you don't have an address? You don't have a driver's license. Okay, even if you're from Alaska, you must He doesn't have a driver's license, but he's seen driving live. a lot in this movie. Yeah. But like, how do you definitely do how all, like I noticed that yeah she teaches him how to drive but you just get it right away and oh he does not get it right away <laughs> no but you know what like for the short time that they crunch this into two weeks guys remember becomes, this is two yes, weeks he becomes a very good driver very fast in, yeah. in this span of time yeah it's um, these little things that just bother me like when he's looking at when they get back to her house the very first time and she's playing music and he's like running back and forth between the two speakers to be like oh my god i can't believe the music comes from here and then here yeah wouldn't at first you just be like like what is this why are yeah like why aren't they looking at him going like, dude, this guy's nuts. Him even saying, oh, there's TV in color. Yeah. Okay, even if you live in Alaska, you got color TV. You don't necessarily know that. I mean, there's still people out there that have a bathroom outside. I know, but why uh, wouldn't you question it? 
they that's and that's my thing. As soon as they hear, hear he's from Alaska, all bets are off. They're like, oh, okay. I don't which know, is which weird. is so bizarre to me. Yeah, like, true. who lets this person in your house, in your life, like into every facet? You're going out to dinner with them. You're helping yeah. them buy things. You're again, they're just in your house all the time yeah. in your life. How are you not deep diving into this weird dude's backstory? Yeah. Even if he does seem nice, the nicest people are serial killers. People like yeah. <laughs> so the, don't the, worry, he doesn't have a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't worry, I don't so have a gun. He, Great. She has these these social workers come to try to take him away, and he's like, I just want to go home now. Like I'm not going to hurt anybody. I'm not gonna. I'll leave you alone. I just want to go home. And he gets away from them. And during his runaround with these social workers. She has another realization of him telling the truth and that she really loves him. He gets in the truck and leaves, goes back home. She has a realization of, oh, did I just um, try to lock up the first person that was genuinely nice to me? And Troy's Mm -hmm. like, yep, you did. So they go to they go to try to find more information and they go to his hotel room. And this is where they find all of his baseball cards, the money, the stock that they have, which is yeah. worth millions yeah, the upon bonds millions. With the, I think it has the date that they were purchased on them yes. as well. Yep. So she finally realizes he was telling the truth and they need to they need to help him. So they're like, where did you guys stop? What happened? How did he go home? And that's when Troy's like, I know where it is. And they go and they see Adam just walking down the street. Lucky. Once again, for Lucky. some reason, he didn't just go back down because he comes had- that movie. The entire luck. church of the elevator, the elevator help people. him bring in all of the stuff. So all the stuff's in there. I don't know why he doesn't just stay down there. Yeah, I don't know why either. But luckily, they see him and they talk to him and everything's good. She's like, I love you. And he's like, cool, I love you too. Let's be together. And he takes her down to meet the parents. And I got to say, super cute. Love this moment when she meets the parents. She's from Pasadena. She's got to be from Pasadena. And I love it. She (laughs) just blatantly lies, but they'll never know better. Nope. But I like that they go down to just be like, we just have to visit. We have to go immediately back up and do stuff. And the parents are like, can't you just like stay for dinner? And she's like, yes, yes, we can. And I'm like, cute. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. Like they try to redeem her. Yes, they try to redeem her. I think they do a decent job of it because once she realizes who that he's telling the truth, that switch is just flipped immediately. She's like, he was telling the truth. It's okay. I can love him. And I get that. She was worried the entire time. That's why she called the social workers. But once she realizes he was honest, that light bulb is is for him. Yeah. And I like it. I like it. Mm -hmm. So they do that and then they go back to the surface and this is probably one of the cutest endings I've ever seen in an entire movie. It is very cute. I love this ending. (laughs) He's, we get narration from her this time about what happens and she's talking about bringing his parents up and explaining what happened. And they, with all the money that they have, they built a house to remind them of the fallout shelter. It's the well, not only that, replica. it's their house too, because he built the fallout shelter to off their, their house. house. And yes. so they basically built their house again up and top. And they put it in the middle of nowhere so that they could get used to being above ground without a bunch of people around and stuff too. Like it's a really well thought out placement of the house, how the house is built. They bring them to the house in the back of a van. So it that shows Adam's intelligence yes. of like, Oh, yeah. We need to do this in a way that my mom's not going to lose her mind. They're not going to have culture shock like he had when he first came up and thought they were all mutants. Yes. Like, I'm sitting here going as a kid. I'm like, I don't know. Just take them to the house. Like, just explain what happened and they're good. And I'm like, wow, 30 years somewhere and no. But like putting them in the back of the van. What a small detail. That's brilliant. Because now they don't have to see all the houses they're driving past, the billboards, the lights, the this. They just get to walk out of the van and see their old home surrounded by a bunch of grass and be more accepting of it. It's just great. And see then they the get, sky. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
and some great acting here by both parents as they just realize they're above ground. And I love at the very end of the movie, Christopher Walken's Calvin, like doing the big leg stretches around the yard, like trying to like measure his square footage of land. So he can just build a legs. whole nother shelter. So he can build a whole nother <laughs> shelter because you know that's what he's doing. Yep. Because he's it's crazy. Just, yeah. But it's crazy. But it's just what a cute ending. And that's it. The movie's over. Yeah. Movie's over. Yep. Crazy. I want to touch upon a few things that we didn't yeah, get to. Please. Yeah, if uh, I missed anything, Sam, please, as soon as Emily's done, yes. go ahead, bring some stuff Let's up. Let's go. How interesting of a story this is, the whole idea of being stuck in time and having to basically skip a whole bunch of cultural things and try to come out the other side. So someone who was in the 90s and thought, oh, the world is going to be such a cool place and then come out in 2023 and it's like, oh, God, what happened? Where's my flying car? You know, 35, all these things that I was promised. 35 years. So as we're recording this podcast, it would have been 1988. Two years after I was born, I would have been in a fallout shelter, and then I would have just been coming up now. We were not born yet. Yeah. But no, you guys were. <laughs> yes. Emily and I were not out to, of out yet. Right. You guys weren't even born yet. Mm-hmm. And this person would have been in a fallout shelter just coming up now. Yeah. That would have been a huge That's, culture shock. Yeah. Oh, from the 80s till now, technology wise alone. Okay. I feel like just a 10 year time in a fallout shelter would blow your mind. Yes. Oh, yeah. The, so just how much changes. And so I thought this movie was really interesting to focus on that and really get that aspect of this is someone who appears person of the 1960s coming up into 1990s and it was such an interesting concept for me as somebody who lived through the 90s was old enough to remember the 90s unlike you little babies <laughs> Some of it. 90s was a crazy time mm-hmm. it was when like drugs were getting big grunge music and stuff like that fashion was freaking insane say all over the place all over the place like world was more divided but also coming together there was like cops brutality all this stuff like it was a huge the 90s changed the world completely mm-hmm. so yeah I, the premise is great i don't know if a rom-com was the right genre for this kind of premise yeah no just because so going back to roger ebert when he was saying the things that he was pulling from this movie that how you said not quite a rom-com movie i agree because there are parts of the past that we should hold on to and i think that's what this movie is trying to tell you Mm -hmm. how we have come such a long way now like we're fast forward to 2023 even in the 90s we were getting there Mm -hmm. but especially now we have come such a long way with inclusion and acceptance But we've also gotten so much more disrespectful and mean to one another in the process, which is utterly contradicting, (laughs) but true nonetheless. And I think that that's one of the underlying messages this movie was pushing through that I don't think got to every audience member is that there are some things worth holding on to from the past. What happened to our manners? What happened to, you know, talking to your neighbor and being nice and being wholesome? But at the same time, yeah, time to go with the times. I would have loved to see (laughs) this more as like a drama romance where they could really hit on these heavier elements without trying to make light of them. Yeah. Almost like a historical thing kind of touched into it as well with the drama. Yeah. So like playing off that, I think this movie would have played a lot better. My other main thing about this movie is I always love a character who is looking at things with fresh eyes. It is Mm -hmm. always a really refreshing thing to have a character look at things and just see wonder in everyday things. Did you have any more? Nope. Sam, did you have anything else you wanted to bring up that I didn't touch upon Uh... going through the movie? 
movie? Um, no, my next things go into questions time. Cool. All right, let's go into questions. So my first question is, so when they're in the fallout shelter, how does he get the sun he needs to grow and to actually have any color? I don't know. Because at what point did they like make, what are they like UV greenhouses where you yeah. can grow mm-hmm. things with like artificial sunlight? I don't think it was sunlight? the 60s. No. Me neither. So I, I agree. I feel like there is some major vitamin was, D deficiency yeah, going on down there. I don't think there. it was like tanning beds either to like give him color. Like I, he no. was not pale enough mm. to have been in a fallout shelter. He didn't look like me. Yeah, <laughs> for listeners, I am very pale. <laughs> but he See also me dead of winter. Oh, yeah. I glow. But he also like that he wasn't deficient in any vitamins, and he could have been taking like vitamin D pills. He could have been something. But again, that's something going back to the beginning of the movie. These are the details we could have used. Show me more of him actually growing up, not just the fun thing of like roller skating, but show me the other things he has to do, the food they have to eat, stuff like that. Well, they, because it yeah. was just weird. Because they could have done something like the Truman Show did, just sneakily had it on the table mm-hmm. of having those kind of supplements. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, that's I understand pull. not getting sick because, I mean, it's not like you're exposed to other people where you're going to pick up viruses and stuff like that. Still, you would think at some point you'd be malnourished in something. And mm-hmm. I got to tell you, Brendan Fraser is like 6'4". Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, somebody growing up in a fallout shelter is not reaching. I don't care what your parents look like. You're not reaching 6'4". You're not getting the right vitamins. You're not getting the right exercise. You're not. There's no way that body's growing to a six foot four man. Yeah. Sorry, just not going to happen. Unbelievable. I have two more questions. We'll finish up mine and then we'll go to everybody else's. Uh, why does he fall for Eve? I don't understand it. First girl he saw. I agree. Yeah. But she doesn't know French. Sophie knows French. She can't dance. Those other two girls can dance. Hey, we he don't know. More she do- because we don't know. She he, can't dance. He, not only was it the first girl that he met, it was the first person to help him and show him kindness. So even yeah. though she ended up not being an overall kind person, I feel like he unhealthily latched onto her That's for fair. that reason. So... I'm not quite sure if he realizes it's love because his his character is so naive at this point in his mind. I feel like Eve could be replaced by anyone at some point because he's just looking for a wife. And yeah. that's just the first thing that he latched on to. So my last question is, does their marriage last? They're clearly going to get married. You know, that's like his whole thing. But will it last? I, I see so. divorce in like a decade. I th- Yeah, I agree because I feel like although Adam is very heartwarming and this lovable person and character, you see how intelligent he is. Mm-hmm. And now you take that intelligence and you put it in the 90s and the world growing into the 2000s and he's going to realize that, not to sound mean, but he married an idiot. Yeah. And <laughs> he's going to realize that they really don't have anything in common. Except he grew up in the atmosphere of you don't get divorced. But he will learn the 90s. You can. I don't know. There's something to be ingrained in you. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are still people today that believe that you should just sleep in different bedrooms until one of you dies. And I think that is insane but <laughs> hey to just each buy a own. bed big enough that you can both fit without even touching each other hey, you're fine crazy things separate sleeping has been proven to be pretty good because people have different sleep schedules absolutely listen dear hollywood but if you're doing it because you don't like your spouse that's a different <laughs> that thing, is a different thing. <laughs> I was yes. gonna say, that's a healthy thing emily but <laughs> if you're doing it because you're like oh this this guy yeah <laughs> so what i'm hearing is the three of us should write blast from the past yeah again and yeah. write the sequel 
as a more basically less lighthearted they, movie yes. and hit on the hard facts. <laughs> they went under for Y2K. Oh, there we go. There go. They went right back under. There you yep. go. 1999. I was, I was thinking more we'd set it in like 2023 and it's their kids or something. I don't know. Mm. Well, you know. I just want to see if they last. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> honestly curious because I think he's, like you said, smart enough to understand that the 90s is a completely different world. She's an idiot and not a nice person. And, and at some point he's going to realize, oh, I just latched onto female. Yeah. I latched mm. onto first girl I met. I think she will change for him. Plus, how do they, ah, how that's do they unhealthy announce? though too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean like change everything about herself. I just think he will make her kinder. Make her a better person. How yes. do you explain this to like your kids or like people you meet? Hey, so how did you guys meet? Oh, you know, I came up from a fallout shelter and she was the first woman I saw. She helped me not sell all She's my baseball the cards. Yeah. To my Adam. God. Oh Great. God. Did we need that? Did you just side, side question here. Did we need them to be named Adam and Eve? No. no. I feel like I, I, hurts the story, I right? Know, yeah, they were trying to be cutesy, but it's like they're not. Mike and Bianca works just well. I agree because it's not like you're <laughs> reclaiming life at all. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're not you're not starting over. Like maybe this family is starting over, but Stretch. I don't see it as yeah. I don't see it as Adam starting over. I see him just finally entering the real world. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't I don't mind him being named Adam. I just have a thing about Eve, her being yes. Eve. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. All right, that's all I Her have Her name questions. is Kate now, everybody. Exactly. <laughs> We're rewriting it. Yeah, the only other question I have just kind of goes back to how... I don't know when they started doing this, but I know, like, my husband is a... 150 operator mm -hmm. where they go in different job sites and they survey land so how at one point over 35 <laughs> years did no one survey the land especially where there was a plane crash and not find this fallout yeah. shelter how did like a metal detector something like how did nothing go off so that there was this monstrosity they underground do, they do they find it well, as they're they building the, the lid bar, they find yes. the freaking elevator yeah. and he's like just pave over it why yeah but still from that so and that's why like this is why my husband working in construction is killing me because at some point you have to have that in the plan somewhere because yes. when they come out and they have to do plumbing and electric and everything they come in and they do all that so the construction <laughs> mind i have i know and maddie's gonna be like it's a movie sam and i'm gonna be like but somebody didn't do their job at comed damn it and they should have found this fallout shelter hey, they they even say they don't do their job they're just like we don't want to do deal with this. I don't this. want it to be a septic tank. Just but you know what? This it. is a yeah. problem. Because it at is. some point yeah. in 35 years, someone would have done their job right and found this shelter. I like how this ground. is a nitpick and a question all in one. It is. And I love how animated she's getting it's about this. It's a twofer. This. Yep. Okay. So like for listeners, let me just tell you, Sam was about to just jump out of her chair and break something <laughs> with how aggressive she was just getting with this whole construction thing. And it was fantastic. Because you know what? At the end of the day, just do your job. Do your jobs. <laughs> do your jobs. All right. Emily, what other questions do we got? We have, uh, what piece of memorabilia would you like from this movie? Sam, why don't you go first? I would want his jacket. Yeah. It is just like the ugliest, but yet one, like I like that it's the same material as the blanket. Did you guys catch that? Yes. Yeah. In the one scene, like the, like the same material that they have out of all the things in the house. Is just this bright aqua teal checkered off jacket. Yep. I want it. Yeah, great. Emily? I want his baseball cards. 
surprisingly. Okay. Wow. Just because they were such a big part of the movie. Yeah. Just so you know, they're not worth as much because they're 1990s replicas, not originals. It's all good. Mm. Okay, just telling you. I don't need them to be worth anything. They're my piece of memorabilia. <laughs> Give me those bonds. No. <laughs> <laughs> Funny you say that. The bonds are my thing. I just kind of want them to like hang on my wall and just be like, they're not real, but they're cool. <laughs> fair. So, fair yeah. enough. What else we got? Why do you think this movie isn't remembered well? Yes. So the reason this one's kind of like a, a, a toss up because you guys didn't know the box office and all that stuff going in. But this isn't a movie when people, he just won an Oscar and people were talking about him in The Mummy. They were talking about him in Airheads. They were talking about him in Inkheart. This is not a movie that comes out of people's mouths that often. And why do you think that is? I don't know. Probably because I've never heard of it before. That's what I'm saying though. Like he's a huge Hollywood name that you love and Mm -hmm. you've never heard of this movie. Yeah. Sam, I know you saw it when you were younger, but it's not even a movie that like I revisit. I don't like, I didn't watch this movie and go, oh dude, I would totally watch that again. I'm going to watch it again. It's on TV. I'm just going to watch it. Like it's not something that I ever think about. And I don't know why. It's got such a great cast, a great premise. And for some reason, it just escapes my mind constantly. It is weird. Like, it's a movie that we probably think about every 10, 10 years or so. Yeah. That we're like, oh, let's throw that on. And that's why we ended up picking this movie, because I think it was within the last year, Maddie and I were like, oh, yeah, you know, I remember really liking Blast from the Past. You know, let's. <laughs> it's hitting your 10 year mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. It, it, we are. We're at our 10 year mark coming up. Um, And it was like, oh, yeah, let's see if this holds up. Yeah. And yeah. Unfortunately not. I I can't put my finger on what makes it so not memorable because like we've gone over, it has a great cast. It has a great premise. It wasn't marketed well, but I mean, there are so many movies that were not marketed well and were not popular that went on to be cult classics today. So it is weird that this one's just so under the radar. This one has everything that you would want in a cult classic of people are just like, we love this movie. It's so good. And it just never got there. And I just cannot quite figure out why. No. I thought maybe rewatching it for this, I could finally realize why. Nope. Still have no clue. No. And that's why I, I was couldn't, like, I couldn't either. It was just like, I, well, I, I I don't know. I mean, we're going to do this whole podcast. And then in three months, I'm going to be like, we should do Blast from the Past. And Emily's going to be like, we already did. I'm be like, when? I forgot that movie existed again. And then it'll <laughs> be a blast from your past. <laughs> And last question, right? Yeah. One thing, what is one thing that could make this movie better? Sam, why don't you start us off here? Eve's storyline. Eve's storyline could be changed to make this movie so much better because I feel like that is where the story unravels the most that we have talked about. That if they, I I felt like they started off with one story and somebody else wrote the middle of this movie and then somebody else wrote the end of this movie is how I feel with Eve. Like it does not seem like the same person wrote this movie. at least around her. Everything with a fallout shelter makes sense. Everything with Troy makes sense. It is literally just Eve for me personally. So I think that if you have one person consistently write through Eve's story and make her less problematic, this movie would be so much better. That's fair. Emily? Mine was Eve's character. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Mine, I've already said earlier, I think if you get rid of the comedy aspect of this film and lean more into the drama, this movie gets uh, exponentially better and it's a premise it's a cast and a premise that could have been nominated for many many awards if you didn't make it a comedy if you leaned heavier onto this dude kind of was abused by his parents by being locked up for 35 years let's play into that more let's play into the fact that like she's attracted to him but understands that there's it's weird he's a child but 
he's also an adult. And like you could really hit some of these heavier elements and get a really great movie out of it. I think that's what needed to change it. Some of, and you can still have Troy who can be the quote unquote comic relief. You just don't play it as hard as they do in the movie now. Yes. And then it also becomes a teaching moment of how much times have changed within three decades. Absolutely. Like, and that can get extremely serious as well. Yeah. So I think if you just redid this movie as a drama, exponentially better. And I think it it puts everybody's career on a huge trajectory upward. It would be more memorable. Yep. (laughs) Was that in on our questions? Yep. Okay, cool. Next up is our nits. We kind of already went through all of those. I I did have one more nit. Um, So my other nit was when he goes into the ocean for the first time, but he doesn't drown. Okay. Maybe he can touch the bottom. Obviously, he's just off the shore, but this man has no experience with water. The waves would probably easily take over him and pull him into the ocean. Like, I love that scene. I like the innocence of, oh my gosh, the sky, the ocean, the water. This is beautiful. But like, realistically, so does he we'd die? be drowning. Does he die we and the rest of the be, movie is yeah, just him dead? Or at least like <laughs> Troy would be pulling him out of the water, you know, like we would have to have a rescue scene. Could you imagine not knowing what salt water tastes like and the first time it touches your mouth? Like, I want to see that. Like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> That's why it should be a drama. This is these, been great. These are real things. Nobody likes salt water. <laughs> yeah, no. I, and those I, are my nits. I, I, I completely agree. Yeah. I did forget. I actually did have one more nit. Oh, okay. Um, I do not like at the very end of this movie that the dad says, do not tell your mother about the plane, that he's basically like, keep lying to her. And I'm like, because she'll kill him. Yes. And I'm like, that is so shitty. Like (laughs) she has every right to resent this man because like, I know it's not the happy ending that everybody would expect. But like, as an adult, you seriously watch this woman's mental health go down the drain. And I just think that's so bad to like, okay, yes, she is finally above ground and happy now and she can see the sky. And I I feel like Adam would be lying to his mom out of the kindness of his heart, but Kelvin's doing it just so he's like not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I don't want your mother. Because he also doesn't think that he's wrong. And he's oh, basically, I feel like Kelvin's doing it for selfish reasons versus Adam was like, I don't need my mom getting worse. And so she what, already was. So basically what I'm hearing is not only do Adam and Eve get divorced in like 10 years, so does Calvin and Helen. Or Calvin just mysteriously disappears into <laughs> yeah. another fallout shelter. Yeah. <laughs> she has the house to herself. Absolutely. Go into awards. <laughs> First up is our psycho shower scene for your favorite scene in the movie. Emily, start us off. My favorite scene is Calvin trying to explain baseball to young Adam. <laughs> yes. And the whole idea of if you've never seen it, it makes no sense because all the words are the same words as other things like, oh, you have to use a bat. Oh, a winged creature? How do you do The how nocturnal do you do mammal? <laughs> yeah, like it, it is just, it cracks me up. And then he goes and sees it. I would say, later. do you love the scene then when he sees it? And he goes, it all makes sense. You, you have, have to, to see, see it. it. Yes, it, it, I love that whole bit. Awesome. Sam? So despite my nits, I do love when he is rollerblading and he does see the ocean for the first time. It is a wholesome moment and it's also beautifully sad because this is one of those moments where if it were a drama, you'd be like, oh, if you're thinking about this movie in the right mindset, this is a happy, sad moment because you realize just how much he has missed out on life. Mm-hmm. Just the simple fact of seeing a body of water yes. is 
you know, something that we all take for granted. Yeah. Like yeah. we can just go drive to the ocean and he just never had that chance. Yeah. It's correct. amazing. Like even the sky, the gra- everything. Like I, I like that whole thing of like, I got real yeah. rollerblades now and I'm outside and this is great, but this is also depressing because you yeah. should have done this years ago. Absolutely. <laughs> what about you, Adam? Is when Adam comes up for the first time and he's staring at the sky and other people just start yeah. stopping and like, what are we looking at? Yes. What are we? they do that. And he's like that. Look, it's there. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? He's like, the sky. Sky. I love the little kid is like, I see I it. See, yeah. He's like, yes, you do. Because that is the moment where it's like he is has that childlike nature, that that love of wonder that he yes. never experienced these things. And it's just such a great moment. And his acting in that moment is spectacular. But like you said, people will do that. Next up is our life uh, finds a way award for your favorite line in the movie i'm gonna start us off on this one it is towards the end of the movie where he just thanks troy for being happy all the time thanks for always being happy as he's getting into the truck to run away from the social workers and it's just such like his such innocence in that line because it's his friend yeah and fraser nails the cadence of how that line should be said and i love it Emily. Mine is also near the end of the movie. I think I'm being chased by a psychiatrist. <gasps> a psychiatrist. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that happens. It is. It, like, it's just so nonchalant, nonchalant yep. and cool of him. Yes. Yeah. That's a so good one. That is. And Sam, what do you got? Also towards the end of the movie, but this is said by Troy. And when he comes back and tells Eve. Yeah, we stopped at this adult bookstore. Adam was very excited to see it. Like, because he has no idea why at this point he was still, like, you know, excited to see it. But I just... And it's so against character. Yes, but the depth in it, like, I I love it. Because, yeah, you know why he's excited to see it. But Troy's just like, ooh. Yeah, I like it. (laughs) It's it's good. It's weird that we all pick lines towards the end of the movie. As if, like, the beginning of the movie didn't have anything good in it. It had quite a few good things. So it these were did, just the but best. But the, yeah. the end, I felt, like, tied up this movie the best. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's why I, I said like the ending's it's, awesome. It's, it goes ending, beginning, middle, for sure. Like, yeah. of yeah. the strengths of this movie. Next up is the Han Shop First Award for something that held up the worst since this movie came out. Sam starts off. The unhealthy sheltering of Adam, especially nowadays with the way that parenting is taught to us and how we should treat and and mold our children. Oh, yeah. I think about even if I were forced into some sort of hiding or underground situation with my children, how do you get them to 35 years old and they're still acting in a way like a 10 year old boy? Like, Mm -hmm. yes, Adam is extremely intelligent and he, you know, he attended school. But like, how does he still just not act like an adult? Yeah. Like, I understand it's still the 50s and his parents are kind of quirky, but you think he would at least understand that his mom is having problems. His dad's crazy. Like, I don't get that. I feel like my kids may not be normal by any means (laughs) if we were in a shelter for 35 years. But I would like to think I would have them more on the spectrum of an adult. I would talk to them like they're an adult and they still talk to Adam like he's this 10 year old boy. And that's just... That was one of my big problems, too, was just that he is so childlike because he is smart, but that should translate into he doesn't he sees things with wonder, but he doesn't act like he's 10 seeing them. He sees them with an adult wonder, not a childlike wonder. Yes, because it's it's, it's, it's creepy. It's creepy. Emily? How Eve is written. 
honestly. Just okay. the fact that her character is all over the place, but also just not a great human being. And yet we still are supposed to root for her. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. a strong female role, especially no. for 2023. We are not yeah. holding up to the day and age. No, absolutely not. Mine is the romance. Mm-hmm. I think the, I don't think they had great chemistry together as actors, number one. And going along yours, she's just not a great character. So they make Adam really likable, but they make Eve really unlikable. So for them to end up together, it makes absolutely zero sense. Yeah. And I just can't get past it. I can agree with that. Even even being as young as I was, you see him with... Um, Sophie? No, in George of the Jungle. Oh. Uh, Ursula. There Ursula. we go. Yeah. Thank you. I was like, it's in my brain. It's right there. <laughs> see, I got it. You know, you see George and Ursula, you know, his, his chemistry with Leslie Mann. And then you go into this and it's like, it's nothing. Nothing yeah. like that. And then you follow this movie up with his chemistry with Rachel Vice, and yep. you're like holy crap okay mm-hmm. like the fact that they're not ripping each other's clothes off in the mummy and just doing it right there <laughs> is like unbelievable yeah. because their chemistry is off the charts yeah this one just is a miss they did not yeah they did not mesh well together and I think it's more the writing than the actors because they're both great actors they should have been able to do it they just didn't have great material to work with yeah last award is the Paul Rudd award for what held up the best since this movie came out Emily start us off Brendan Fraser. He put just this innocence into this role and he's so lovable and likable that you want to root for him. You want to see everything that he does and you want to see it all work out for him. Yeah. Agreed. Sam? The ending of this movie, I think, held up the best okay. out of which, everything. Which part of the ending? Um, like, is there a specific thing or are you just talking about from when she realizes he was telling the truth to the end? No, I would say everything that they do with the parents. Once okay. for Brent, for Adam's character specifically, not them as a couple, but when Adam realizes what's going on and it clicks for him of how he's going to deal with his parents yeah because I was given the impression that all right this was his plan he goes down there and he goes right to his parents and says this is the plan I'm gonna see you in three months like it just shows him evolving to the times that I'm gonna try to do this in a healthy way mm-hmm. and I think that would hold up today's times like if you made this movie today that's something that they would do like you would see a son or a daughter try to protect their parents and be like all right how do I go about doing this the right way so I don't culture shock them so yeah. I think that held up the best with this movie. So one thing, I completely agree. I think the ending is absolutely amazing as we've already talked about. One thing that bothers me about it though is why is it her narration and not his? That I don't understand. I, I thought yeah. that was weird as well. That's one thing that keeps me from Adam's getting- it is Adam's decision. Yeah. So that's the one thing that kept me from giving the ending my award was just her narration bothers me. So my award also went to Brendan Fraser. I think he is so damn lovable in this movie that all of the negativity around his character, all of the childlike stuff and the reason like the fact that he's been abused, but we don't really talk about it. And like he's clearly incapable of understanding modern society and when people are being rude and all this stuff, but he plays it so damn well that you want nothing but the best for him. When really at the end of the day, I'm like, this dude needs to uh, lay on a couch for years talking to a therapist. (laughs) That's the truth. But in reality, I'm more like, dude, just give him all the money, give him happiness, give him everything because he plays the part so damn well. He does. Yeah. So, all right. Decision time. Final thoughts and decision. Sam, why don't you start us off? I would say overall that this movie does not hold up. I think most of us will be on the same page. I don't know. You might surprise me. You might surprise (laughs) me. I love the concept. I love, love, love the concept of this movie, but it's not as great as I remember seeing when I was eight. Um, Brendan Fraser is the only real bright light in this movie. Yeah. Emily? I came into this podcast thinking it was going to hold up. Uh, I've since changed my mind. It's not going to hold up. And that's mainly because of 
the Eve character and how problematic she is. You wouldn't see a character written like that today. Yeah. I had a lot of fun watching it for the first time. And once again, I watched it for the first time for this podcast in 2023. So you can still have a lot of fun watching it, but just know this movie probably would not be made today. Yeah, it's going to be no surprise. We're going to get three does not hold up. But I think it's a lot closer than either one of you might be giving it. I think there's a lot of good in this movie. And I think if it was just reworked a little, like you Mm -hmm. said, update the Eve character a little bit. Don't try to make it a a laugh out loud comedy. And all of a sudden this movie is an all timer. Or at least just fix their romance. If you at least fix their romance plot, I agree that it could have held up. And expand it. Give us another like 15, 20 minutes. Really fill in some of these smaller details and stuff. I think think it's got so much good going for it but the way it currently stands it it does not hold up it wasn't fluid it was just wasn't a fluid enough story to hold Mm -hmm. up yeah exactly but i would love to see a remake of this i'm not a big fan of remakes but this is one that i think you could revisit and people would all of a sudden do so much better and people all of a sudden would go see it and they'd be like damn that's a really good movie how can we never watch the original all right, that's that's it, guys. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. Thank you, Sam, for joining of us. But Sam, where can they find you? Tell them again what podcast you're on and what your socials are and where they can come talk to you. Of course, we are It's Movie Night. We have our Facebook page. We are It's Movie Night with an explanation point at the end. You'll see our logo, which is our girls' favorite colors. We've got teal and pink in there. It's super <laughs> cute. And then our Instagram is it, at It's Movie Night Pod. So It's Movie Night Pod, no punctuation than there at all (laughs) and then our link tree is on both of those profiles as well but on our facebook page and our instagram we like to post what snacks we're doing for movie night we do Mm. a dad joke of the week on mondays that relates to whatever theme of the movie that we're watching (laughs) we post our pictures for movie night if something exciting is coming out like avatar way of water just came out and most people may not think a five and a seven-year-old love Avatar Way of Water, but our kids were excited about that. So we wanted to share that with everybody. So yeah. if you're looking for some family information or just some fun or where to get some snacks locally, if you live by us, <laughs> follow, follow our page. <laughs> yeah, they uh, definitely go follow. I'll drop your guys' links in the description for this episode. So it'll be nice and easy. Just click on that. You can find us all the typical places, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you can find us just search for does it hold up on all of those we're probably the first one that comes up if we're not just look for our logo (laughs) it's the easiest way to find us we don't post fun jokes or anything but we do post daily movie facts of behind the scenes stuff you probably never knew about your some of your favorite movies so come show us love over there let us know in the comments what you thought about this episode what you thought about blast from the past if you even remembered that this movie existed in the first place which none of us did or is it a blast from the past But in the meantime, thank you for listening. Be kind. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Basically, don't be a dick and keep watching movies. Bye. Bye. Bye.